<laughs> Can you use this as an outtake? Hey, everybody. You're listening to... The In Hindsight. In Hindsight. In Hindsight. In Hindsight. You're listening to the In Hindsight Podcast. Let's go. Hello, hello. Heinz, can you hear me? Can you hear yourself? <clears throat> a little bit. Enough. That's you keep good. saying a little bit, but I, I can hear you. I can hear you. I don't want to hear myself, though. Like, this is fine. Yo, Matt, what's up? Excited for this podcast, dude. We're fucking the doing it. The hindsight podcast, brother. Well, in hindsight, oh, technically. Well, technically. The name. See, like that's the thing is that anybody I've said the name to, everyone's like, "Yeah, it's fucking awesome." I mean, it's great. It's a great name. Yeah. And honestly, man, like that person that in hindsight, that other guy who has a podcast, and there's a couple of things like hindsight 2020, whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Fuck!" Like, what's like the rules of stepping on toes like this? You know? Yeah. But then it's like you have hindsight 2020. 2020 hindsight and then you just have like a variance of just different names and i was like well i think everyone's just the wild west i mean your last name is heinz right like it's just it's so fitting i'm not wrong with doing it no i think it's a brilliant name obviously it's, it's easy to remember <laughs> phone's on silent yeah i just if i get the call to go it's like it's gonna be it's gonna be awkward you got a dart maybe you can maybe sam can sub in for me excuse <laughs> You guys could start a little podcast here. You guys that meet so many people and so many interesting things. We've done a lot of interesting things this summer. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think we should maybe be advertising on the things we've done this summer. Yeah, I keep it pretty low-key. Why is that? We've just been super shamed? irresponsible. It's been very irresponsible. What's been, like, I mean, what'd you say? It was like, you've always said this, which has inspired me to tell people, like, why do you shoot film? I'm just trying to be a hipster. It's like, well, no, like, my buddy explained it. It's like getting a Christmas present. All yeah. the time when you get to shoot and figure out how something came out. And I kind of like, I agree. It's like, that's what you get. And you get to learn something different that like everyone's got the digital and like, I can make every shot today that I took perfect, crisp, clear. If I set things to auto, you mm-hmm. know, if it's shutter priority, everything's nailed. You know what I mean? Yeah. But with film, it's this other element. It is it, like for me, it <clears throat> really forces me to pay attention to what I'm doing. Mm. You know, like the past couple of days I've been going out and shooting on that camera mm-hmm. of like this kind of post-apocalyptic vibe in Salt Lake City. So I've been shooting at Blue Hour and I have a book now that I have dedicated to my settings. So shot one, I was at F3.8, uh, shutter was 160 and the time was 4.55 and I write it down. And then shot two, I'll adjust some things. Maybe I'll go to like F6 or F8 because I don't want it to be so shallow. Mm-hmm. I open the shutter up to 30 and then when I get it back, I can be like, okay, shot one, shot two, shot three and I can find out what i like more uh are we are we doing this podcast right now yeah we've been rolling for like five what are we on seven minutes now wow yeah i'm just this is how i have to do it i'm, I'm, I'm like so I'm just exper- jump right yeah, in. i'm experimenting man like this is just like i, I didn't want to just start it because i feel like there's a lot of pressure yeah so like whether i actually start with this particular conversation or not i just felt good to just get kind of warmed up you know like in volleyball i didn't just jump into a game yesterday i warmed up yeah yeah, that's why I, that's why I'm a second place finisher. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever works. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try that again. We are here with Dylan Wineland, the one, the only, longtime friend, the one who I have spoken about this podcast to for fuck man four years. Long time. Long time. Who was always going to be numero uno in the episodes wanted you to be first bud because we've been talking about this for so long mm-hmm. and here we are 
Yeah. It's uh it's been a long journey and one that I have really dragged my feet for <laughs> four years just trying to create every excuse not to sit in front of this and talk to somebody and just feel awkward. And now, and I just wanted to do this without like a single soul even hearing it. And here we have a photographer. (laughs) We paid a photographer to come here and take photos of us. (laughs) Hey, that's Sam back there. It's cool because I feel like even dating back to when we lived together in Jackson Hole, we had countless mornings where we would just sit and have a cup of coffee. And two, three hours would go by like that, mm-hmm. you know, and you're one of those people when I get on the phone with you, I know I got to set aside at least an hour and a half. And the other day we went to two and a half hours. That was nuts. And it flew by. That was a work day for me too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just was like not going to work. And I was like, dude, we got to hang up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so it's fun. And I think you're going to be great at this podcast because you're so good at conversation. And I just know that we... We just go, dude. Yeah. Like, there's no stopping. Like, And it's so funny because we'll go off. We'll be on one thing and then go off onto a completely other thing. Mm-hmm. And then, But it always ends up coming back full circle. Like, we'll go, like, 30 minutes later. Like, oh, so anyway, going back to that. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And it's fun. Yeah. But that's, but that's like, conversations. It's, like, when – I think me and you have both talked about it. It's, like, ever trying to have small talk with somebody is, like, probably the most painful thing you can do because you're sitting there and you're trying to force something to be said mm-hmm. because – we don't allow conversation to happen, right? Like if you're in a bar, it's like, cool. You're not just going to be able to like start talking about something so deep and like that's someone's going to be like turned off or like, okay, like I don't want to talk about this. So that's why that scene never works for me. Yeah. So that when you say like, yeah, we get to chat for two and a half hours. It's like, Mm -hmm. that's what you need. That's what I enjoy. Mm -hmm. And so it just always meant sense to like want to get this thing going and get this off the ground because it's like, I enjoy conversation so much. How do I start documenting it? Because, you know, frankly, I'm a dumbass and I forget a lot of things. <laughs> so I'm like, I need to start getting myself just in front of people that have cool stories because everyone does. And just to like peel back the curtains, you know, and just mm-hmm. see what it is. And that's kind of cliche because I feel like that's what most podcasts are doing. And, you know, I'm sure you listened to my trailer up there. That's probably the first thing you did today when you woke up. Um, of course. <laughs> <laughs> One I, my, I just one feel like of my closest buds couldn't even listen to my trailer. <laughs> How about that? I like to come into everything with a fresh perspective and no expectations. So yeah. I was like, well, if I don't listen to his trailer, I'm just, I'm just in it. You yeah. know, there's no preconceived notion of what this is going to be. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be in it. That's but, a, yeah. but you're just like a, a genuinely curious person. We both you know? are. Like, I mean, to an extent. But you're willing to go out of your way to like learn more about people. And I, and I do too, but you're, I don't know how to explain it. You're just a lot more, you take action on it. Like granted it's taken you three or four years to get this <laughs> mic in front of my face, <laughs> but, but you know, like you, whenever I watch you have conversations with people, mm. you're always like going deep into it mm. and, you, and with a genuine sense of curiosity, like you're always wanting to learn about people and their craft. And like, I've seen you get on tangents where you get obsessed with something and you will just go down that rabbit hole of trying to learn about it. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. We'll be able to dive through my life throughout the podcast series, you know, but like yeah. for you, what was it about people's stories that really got you even interested to begin with? <laughs> like what, why, why <clears throat> did you want to know people's stories? Like, why are you curious about people's lives? Mm, that's, that's like a really good question. I don't know if I'm pre- totally prepared to answer it, but I, let's, I guess let's like start somewhere else then let's, let's start no, somewhere it's, else. It's fine. Like, I mean, for me, it, 
Obviously, I was a softballs. You thought this was a softball <laughs> interview? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one, it goes back to when I first started watching videos online, like Vimeo videos, and they would do short pieces, like short bio pieces on people, and, and you would get information and knowledge from these these people online or, or just like a source of inspiration, you know? And you realize quickly that if you if you start to ask somebody questions, you realize that like each individual has such a unique story and it's, it's, it sounds kind of cliche, but everybody has a unique story and you can find certain individuals in this life that like are willing to share those stories. And as a filmmaker, you want to document some of those stories because you find them really intriguing and you want to share their story because you know, it could change like somebody's life if they watch it. Like it has with mine. If I've watched a really good video on somebody online on Vimeo or YouTube, in the morning and it makes me want to become a better person throughout the day you know like that has a huge impact mm-hmm. and it's like and i have an opportunity with my craft as a filmmaker to go out and do the same thing and give to the world like like a lot of other artists have given back to me mm-hmm. you know so if i find a an opportunity a, a good story um and somebody's open enough to want to share it and then i can create a video out of it and then I post it and then they can watch it and be like, wow, like I'm moved by that, you know? And I, I'm not, I haven't gotten deep into that world, you know, like I'm, I'm doing the quadriplegic piece right now. And, uh, yeah. Di- I mean, um, you don't have to dive into that. Cause you know, you're still working on that, but like, tell me a little bit about what that's all about right now. Just to kind of hype it up a little bit. Cause obviously millions are going to be viewing this right <laughs> off the bat. So <laughs> Yeah. The there was a there was a guy who spoke at my middle school in seventh grade I believe it was and like and he was a quadriplegic and he came in I had no idea what he was going to be talking about we just knew we had a speaker a guest speaker and we're all sitting in the grandstands and the in the gymnasium and this guy rolls in on a wheelchair you know Mm. when it was operated with his chin it was electric and he can move it with his chin and everybody in the in the gym went quiet as they watched this guy rolling in. It was just this awkward moment of just, you hear his wheelchair. He gets into place and gets in front of the mic. And at that time, you know, me and all my buddies were like the cool guys, you know, motocross riders and skateboarders. And, you know, we were like the cool the cool kids. Or at least we thought we were. <laughs> Self-proclaimed <laughs> we cool thought, kids. At least we thought we were the cool kids. <laughs> but he gave this amazing speech about his life as a quadriplegic. And I remember me and my buddy Cody, who was like my best friend at the time, we were, we were both crying and we we're like trying to hold back our tears and like, oh, we're not affected by this. But I was, we were, I was so moved, you know, and I think at a, even at a young age like that, before I knew anything about storytelling or filmmaking, I was always moved by um, stories like that. Like I was like, I don't want to say a certain sense of like sadness, but emotional stories. I don't know why. I think maybe I was, I'm like an emotional person, mm. but and so I was, I was really moved by emotional stories. So he gives this emotional story, very moved by it. Mm. And let's see, I was, I was 12 years old at the time. And then when I was 26, so 14 years later, I re I looked him up online and all I remembered was his name was Ron and he was a quadriplegic. So I type in Ron quadriplegic on Google. And after five minutes found his website. And to be honest, I was surprised he was still alive. I'm surprised he was still doing well. And I reached out to him via email and he got back and we had a FaceTime or um, a Zoom call. And I just like a great conversation. I told him I was interested in maybe doing like a video on him Mm. and he was down. 
And he was, I, and he, I think he was moved by it. I think he, it was like reassuring for him to know that 14 years later, I still remembered his story, like it was said yesterday. Yeah, I think that meant a lot to him, you know, because I think everybody goes through a point in their life where all the time where it's like, is what I'm doing really making a difference? You know? Yeah. I think we all question that. Mm-hmm. And and I think for him, he he might have had those kind of questions too. And then it was probably just incredibly reassuring that like. 14 years later a random kid who he gave a speech to reached out to him asking him to do a story on him and I think he was really moved by that so he let me come up to his his home in Oregon and I spent five days up there with him and his family and it was just me you know I, I didn't have a crew I, I pulled some favors got a, you know camera and audio a couple lights not much and I w- initially went up there just to be like let's let's check this out like if I end up coming back with anything like great but if not, at least I, I know him more now. And like it was more like testing the waters kind of thing when I went up there. Right. But, you know, I spent five days with him and his family mm-hmm. and I rolled on everything. And I did interviews with him. I did interviews with his daughters. You know, we went out to the beach one night. And it was just like such an incredible experience when you spend that much time with. That was my first time to really spend time with a quadriplegic, you know, and to see their life it's fascinating mm-hmm. and it's crazy and to see his attitude it was just so inspiring and <clears throat> long story short i ended up shooting it and came back and started putting an edit together you know hoping that i could go back and hoping that i can do some reenactment scenes i had this grandiose plan with what i want to do with this because i'm like this is such a good story yeah you know Seen the placeholders yeah yeah it, i just it's it, it's so cool and then we ran into a pandemic and we're living in it now. And, and Ron being a quadriplegic has a very, he's very susceptible to illness and mm. he can't cough. He can't cough as a quadriplegic. Yeah, so you told me he can't cough, sneeze or can't anything? cough, can't sneeze, can't oh throw up. Essentially like his diaphragm hardly works, mm. you know? Um, I mean, he can kind of cough, he can kind of sneeze, but so anyway, I can't really go up there mm-hmm. and shoot with him anymore. Until this whole thing goes away. Mm-hmm. And what am I supposed to do? Just wait around? Yeah. And I got to a point where I, I, I had to like let go of wanting to make something that had a high production value. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's selfish as a filmmaker or as an artist that you want to display your craft. Like, I don't want people to just watch and be moved by Ron's story, but I want them to watch it and be like, wow, look at that cinematography. And how did he get that reenactment scene and blah, blah, blah. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to show off. And, you know, you sit on it for a while and, and those opportunities are taken away to make something of high production value. Yeah. And I had, a, I had this realization of like, this isn't about me. This isn't about me as an artist or a filmmaker. This is about Ron's story. And mm-hmm. if I want to be true to my craft, I got to remind myself of that. Like craftsmanship needs to come second. Mm. It does. And I think a, a huge battle we have as filmmakers, and you could probably agree, is you get so caught up in wanting to create something with the greatest craftsmanship. You want people to look at your stuff. You want to be able to take frames and post it on Instagram and everybody be like, look at those frames. Look at how well lit that is. Like, look at this guy. And because you get recognized for that. Mm. But, I th- and I think that's important. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. But I think you really need to, the story needs to come first, right? And I had, I had to remind myself that. So here I have all these interviews and I have like a decent amount of B-roll and all these shots. Is it ever going to be to the level of production that I want it to be? Probably not. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I have an opportunity to go back up there and, and make it that way. 
but I have a foundation. I have his story and like, it's, I need, I need to finish it in his honor. It's about him. It's not about me. And it's like, that's what I have to remind myself of. So that's like, that's the battle that I've been facing of like, when do I finish this? Yeah. Do I go back up there? No, I probably can't. So let me take what I got now and make the, the best out of it, you yeah. know, make it beautiful. No, so hopefully that, I finish that up pretty soon. It's a really beautiful story. Ron's I am a too, man. I was enjoying guy. the first cut. That was cool. Yeah. He seems fascinating. It's funny how like to me, I was thinking about this the other day. Cause it's like the things that you just jump into that you get super passionate about, like filmmaking say, obviously, right. You jump into it and you're just like filming stuff and you're motivated. You're just doing it because there's no consequences. There's no bar that you've set for yourself or that others have set around you and so when you look back at your earliest work yeah of course it's kind of a (laughs) piece of trash but you're looking at and being like I made that without any like regrets because I just was wanting to go do it and then you get into this this lane that you've built for yourself and you go oh wow well I don't want to do this because I've learned so much like this way And, and you just choose to do things because obviously you've grown in your respected fields and so everything becomes way more hyper focused way more overthought And so you do try to tap back into that original mindset of like, how do I just go and tap into that thing of, I want to just go do it and I'm going to do it. And then you add in the being true to the story with Ron and whomever you're doing. And so I guess it's one of those things where it's like, when you are doing this and you do get in those blocks of just like, you're talking about it, you're talking about it, you're talking about it. What is the thing that pushed you over the edge to actually just go do that? And not even just the Ron story, but even doing immunity um which by the way the all the fans out there i don't know if you know dylan is a vimeo staff pick circa 2018 um no big deal um (laughs) no but that was awesome man and it was just one of those things where it's like i think what you did to me was make me one look at myself and i was probably like man i'm a piece of shit i don't do anything but also looking at myself and being like the key is just to go do it, right? Mm-hmm. But that little terminology, that little saying is actually one of the hardest things because I've got the camera gear, I've got the editing gear, I've got all the skills to do these things. There is just this like, we can we can kind of like get to the top of the hill, but we can't get over it. You just see mm-hmm. that invisible wall that you just keep running into. Yeah. When you look back at your early stuff to what you're doing now, like what have you, how have you seen yourself grow within the just going and doing it aspect? I think when you get into filmmaking, for example, our medium, you're so excited, you know, like you don't really know anything. I think there's something beautiful about being naive, Mm. you know, and having no expectations or you haven't set a standard for yourself. And so you just go out there and you do it without overthinking anything. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful time. I mean, Phil, Phil Hessler and I were just talking about this other day because we did a documentary series called far from home. And we were all so new to the craft. Like this was like a documentary series. None of us really knew what we were doing, but it was so pure and all of us were in it together and we were all incredibly naive and there was nothing holding us back. We were just hungry. Mm. Right. Um, but you had, ex- you, you kind of were expected to bring something to the table because you guys were hired by somebody, correct? Yeah. I think we, I think people had expectations for us, but I don't know if we had, expectations for ourselves, at least to like the sense that we do today you know i think even doing that series set a certain amount of expectation where we like all right well we got to top that now I i think the point is though there's something beautiful about being naive and being like really hungry about something um i mean to do when i when i did immunity i'd never done like a real passion project on that level 
and and it was like this vision I had in my head for years. And I had the song chosen out like a long time ago, a long be- long before I shot it. I just had like this vision in my head, and like there was nothing that was going to stop me from doing it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there was no expectation. Nobody knew anything. I didn't know anything. Um, I remember getting choked up about it though going into because i wanted to be high production mm-hmm. and everything like that and and these high expectations for like the quality i wanted to be at i, I gotta get cable cams i gotta get gimbals i gotta make sure i've got the nicest lenses and everything like that and i, I was having a, a conversation with my buddy jacob and he's like dude just go out there just go out there with any camera a dslr and a tripod and go shoot something and you'll get something beautiful and, I, and that took that pressure off i was like you know what i'd rather go out there with a tripod and a cheap camera than to continue to just talk about this thing. Like just go out there and shoot something. And mm-hmm. if, if it comes back great, awesome. If it doesn't, whatever, you know, at least I went out there and did something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it was like that moment when I let go of those expectations that everything actually started to come around and I was able to get, you know, a nice camera a nice glass and a gimbal system. And I think I opened up a door though, as soon as I let go of expectation mm-hmm. and that's like a constant battle I have with myself is like expectations and pressure and, and choking under that. So I always have to put myself in a place where I got to just say, it doesn't matter. Just go out there and do it. Yeah. You know? Um, but then you have, then you have like a little bit of success mm-hmm. off of something and then you feel like you got to top that. Yeah. I got to do better. I got to like, I, I got to exceed what I've done in the past and, what happens you start to put expectations on yourself you start to put pressure on yourself mm-hmm. and then you're like well i'm not going to do another passion project until i have a b and c and d lined up a b and c and d is isn't really going to ever come around M- maybe it, maybe it will maybe it won't you know so you got to like let go of that um and allow yourself to just go out there and create without expectations so stop trying to beat yourself stop trying to beat everybody else and stop trying to beat yourself and i and, and i'm guilty of that but it's a reminder I have to do all the time where I'm like, I'm not trying to be better than everybody else. I'm not trying to be better than my old self. I just got to go out there and create something. Mm. And then we did a drifting up and let go of those expectations again. And like, that was a mess. Mm. That project was a mess. We had no idea what we we're doing out there. Uh, we had no idea what we we're creating. I was shooting stuff and I was getting some cool shots, but I had no idea what the final project was going to be, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was almost thinking about scrapping it. I remember that. Yeah. It was bad. I mean, you were there when I was editing some of that. Yeah. I mean, and you're like, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. Like, it was supposed to be a part of this other project and all this crazy shit. But, uh, it, it's, that's something that, like, what you just said is, like, so resonant to so many things I've heard from, like, creatives, artists, whatever. It's that, like, it was a mess. It just didn't make sense. And then it's like, you sit there and you go, okay, you're talking about something that you obviously still created and that we all watched. But then you do hear people talk about, it was a mess, blah, blah, blah. And I think still people don't connect. I still sometimes don't connect. You're like, how was it a mess? Like you still made something that everyone loved. Do you know what I mean? What, depending on, it doesn't matter what it is. And it's like, what does a mess look like in that world for you? And it doesn't have to be specific necessarily to that project, but it's like, we've all been there where it's like, this thing just doesn't make sense, but yet still something comes out of it. And it might not have been the, immunity style thing that you're going for but something came out of it and what is like the reaction to seeing what came out of that mess that you see that maybe wasn't intended to happen like that i mean the whole thing was a mess we drove 14 hours out to oregon uh no enclosed trailer 
We were in the sand dunes. It was rainstorms. It was windstorms. Aaron didn't have a paddle tire on his dirt bike, and he's struggling in the sand. Like, here we chose a spot where we're, he's – it's sand dunes. The most challenging thing to ride in. And it's just this battle. It was just a battle from the get-go. Aaron ended up breaking his collarbone out there, right? When we found all these awesome jumps, mm. we're like, okay, we might actually get something really cool today. He breaks his collarbone right away. And all of us had to drive back. We got cut like three days short of what we wanted on filmmaking. And, and we drove back 14 hours back to Colorado. And I was like, I don't even know if I got enough shots. I don't know what this is. What the hell? You know, my friend's got a broken bone. I just got blasted with sand for four days straight. It's a struggle. Like we, I'm like, I think we got a couple of good shots, but like, holy shit, I just put all my savings into this project, and I don't know if I got anything out of it. <clears throat> and uh, I took the the media into post and was trying to play around with it and playing around with different music. Like, what could this be? And like, it was like a month and a half of being in post and trying to like battle this thing. And I'm thinking, I, I might just scrap this. Mm. And then I found, like, one last push. I'm like, I got nothing to lose at this point. Like, I love stories when people have nothing to lose. What comes of that? Uh, letting go of everything. I think that's when, like, real beauty shines through. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got to that point where I was like, whatever. I'm going to scrap. I got nothing to lose. So I go to Aaron's house, who was the writer in the video. And we sat down one night and just had a talk. And then I was like, I had, a, I had one of the cameras with me. I'm like, let's just shoot something. So I shot him loading his bike. I shot him cleaning his helmet. And we sat down the next morning and recorded an interview. But we had all like all these grandiose plans of like, all right, we're going to like read something out of a book and quote it. And th- the quotes going to lead into this whole thing. And we, and we had all these books out. And we were trying to find quotes. And mm-hmm. it just sucked. And then I said, let's just have a conversation. And whatever comes of it comes of it. And we yeah. had like this beautiful conversation, which at first – we spent an hour talking, and I found out I wasn't recording. <laughs> That's what I was waiting to hear. Yeah, so That's that was a, that was to adding to the mess. I was like, God damn it! Like mm-hmm. this is the universe is challenging us in every way. But we uh, were resilient, and we went on. And we we did it again, and I went back home <clears throat> with that audio and that new media that I got, and it just started coming together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh my god! Like this finally worked out, and. Um, Drifting Up did okay. It was definitely the most feedback I ever got from a passion project. Like, people really resonated with Aaron's words. Yeah. It was, like, very organic and, and beautiful. But, like, nobody knows the idea, like, the mess that was behind it. And the fact that it was about to be scrapped and it was a disaster. But, like, you hold on by a thread. Mm-hmm. And you can start climbing your way back up. Yeah. And, and something comes of it. For sure. Something comes of it. So, that was that was a Drifting Up. That was a battle. Yeah. But... <clears throat> But I, I I can look back on that project and be proud of what we did. Yeah, you know, considering the hurdles we had to go through. That that kind of brings me up to like this other point when you said letting go of expectation. You know, that's something you had to do in that project. It's something you had to do in a lot of the projects just to be like, okay, you come to that point because you sit there, and I think most filmmakers and people who create come to that let go of expectation because it's just you've set this bar so high. And when we were talking about Pete a little bit ago, I was like, Pete gave me that advice, which really prompted me to get this in hindsight podcast, even going like, or reinvigorated me to get it going. Was that make shitty art? It's not his quote, but he's like, someone quoted it. Here's this. And it's like, excuse me. It's like make shitty art is set that bar so low that you can hurdle it and not diminish your skill set. 
but just to get yourself going, Mm -hmm. get that, get that ball rolling, get that motivation going. Mm -hmm. And it's like, cool. I have a camera. I've got a video camera, photo camera, take a picture of a flower and a sunrise situation. Cool. You did it. And then the next day, make it a little more. And you just kind of keep going, going, going. And so we all eventually surrender to this expectation that we've set because they're almost just non-achievable. We always, we, I mean, they're not achieve, they're achievable, but they're just in that way set so high because we know what the bar is at the highest of the highs. You know, I know what the bar is at the top for podcast. You know what the bar is for filmmaking, photography, and we're just not at that level, but we we're working towards it. That's a good point. Yeah. And, and you know, you listen to podcasts, right? And you listen to the Joe Rogan experience and all these people have been around for years and have years of experience and are at the top of their, of the game. And as filmmakers, we get on a Vimeo and we watch all these amazing videos, these amazing commercials. And we, and you think like, I can go out there and do that. And you find out it's really, really hard. You have to like rewind a little bit and, and reset your expectations. Cause a lot of these videos or podcasts have a big, big budgets and crews of 30, 40 people. And I, and I try to go out there by myself and create the same thing as a single man team. It's just not going to happen, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it's hard to compare yourself to what the, the greats are doing. And, but the only way you're going to get there, I think, is by just going out there and creating. And no matter what project you go out and do, whether you're going to go shoot a, a film photo or do a podcast or whatever, you're going to learn from every experience. And, mm. it, and it might not be until 10, 15 years before you get to that point. You know, but if you're going out there every day and, and trying something and learning, like you will get to that point. Mm-hmm. Those people that you see that are, are great were in the same situation that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Where like they were looking up to somebody and being like, How can I achieve that? You know, like my favorite quote is it takes ten years to become an overnight success. You know? Like, yeah. Especially with musicians. They go play really shitty gigs at small dive bars and <clears throat> you know, and they do that for ten years. And then they finally get really good at what they do and then they succeed. And, but you only know them from their success. You didn't see like the grind that they put in for 10, 15 years to get there. You just like, they just landed there. They just landed at the top. No, like they went through it. And I have to remind myself that as a filmmaker of like, I just got to keep going. Mm. You just got to keep going. You know, I feel like both you and I've reached this point where <clears throat> and not to sound arrogant, but I think we're better than average. Mm. Right. But there's a huge gap between being better than average and being great. Like that's a like to get above average. You climb like, let's say, 20 stairs. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're like, OK, like people recognize my work. People respect it. It's cool. Like this is awesome. Like but you see like the greats and there's like 150 more stairs to climb to get to that point. So I might as well just climb a step each day mm. and, and hopefully get there just from knowing you as long as I have and hearing a lot of stories is that some of your stuff I think stems also that like the letting go of expectations that you've mentioned a couple of times is you've got, you've really gotten back into dirt biking. And I remember you telling me that dirt biking time of like when you stopped actually competing to when you really started picking it up a few years ago, there was a gap and that was a gap that you kind of let go because you know, you were climbing this ladder and then you realized that like by getting injured, and kind of having your brother take over the take over the helm was something that really put you in a mindset. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to understand like where that mindset led you into this filmmaking world of like wanting to keep achieving, wanting to keep getting through it because that's what you had to do with dirt biking, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was just something I was like always fascinated with when you're talking about it. 
Yeah, I mean, growing up racing motocross, I feel like taught me a lot of values mm. uh, and getting through getting through things. Yeah, I remember you and I having that incredible conversation on a beach at that lake. It was super late at night. It was beach when they, the they had like the DJ party. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I won't get into the details, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you and I were out there. There was an out that someone built like a homemade sauna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People were getting, getting weird, weird, man. People were getting weird. Yeah. But you and I had that amazing conversation on the beach. And like that was an epiphany for me that night, just opening up to you about that, for mm. example. I, and I don't know if this is the answer you're looking for, but um, yeah, I mean, growing up racing motocross, my brother was so naturally talented and at a, at, at a point he got better than me and that was crushing you know and I had to deal with some serious jealousy it's so strange when the person you love the most like I love my brother more than anyone in this world honestly I do and and to feel angry to feel anger and jealousy and resentment towards that person because they became better than you that's a horrible feeling. And I dealt with that for years, dude. And, uh, and to a point I had to learn to let go. Like I love Tanner enough to, to, I had to learn to be proud of him and stop being jealous because it was just eating me alive. Mm. It was horrible. It was a horrible experience to go through, but it was a lesson that I've been able to take and apply to everything else in my life, including filmmaking and to not be jealous or angry towards people who are achieving things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is one of the an asset that I have that it, that's helped me a lot is to not compare myself and not be jealous to be proud of my friends who are achieving things and are doing things um, that was a, that was a huge lesson for me and, I, and I'm so thankful for that I got to experience that growing up you know because between the ages of like 14 and 18 like that ate me up mm-hmm but I was able to learn from it and apply it. Uh, jealousy and um, envy—it's it, its something that we all battle with. But I felt like I was able to get it out of the way at a younger age, and I can apply it to like filmmaking in a way. I think you just nailed what I'm trying to get out of this podcast right there, because in the trailer that you guys listened to, that you told me you did, it—it um, <laughs> it was about. Where are these where are these splits in trying to understand a human being, right? We're starting from the top of the tree, working our way back down. And for you to have been to experience that from that like fourteen to eighteen year old time frame is something that not a lot of people get. You know, you don't get that type of feeling to then come away and be like, Wow, I feel like I'm stronger to go forward with whatever endeavor I'm gonna go forward with and have the ability to take those instances again and be more like calloused mm-hmm. right whereas me never having really had that type of thing getting into filmmaking and getting yourself like just knocked down continuously from the people who watches your videos to all the comments to the redos was really tough and it's like we all fear it but like I said to have that early experience I think helped you grow into that field and be able to take the chances which ultimately lead you down this road climb those stairs to where you're at now to go okay take it absorb it get a little down but also generate that into energy to move in the right direction you need to in order to achieve success yeah i think that's your only option if mm-hmm. you want to make it uh, it's hard for me to speak on this because i like i said i'm in between the stage 
right? We're like, maybe I'm above average in filmmaking, but I'm not, I'm not great, you know? And there's so many times where you feel like, like quitting and you feel like giving up. And I've had those moments, man, like living in Jackson hole, being dead broke, like getting tiny little gigs here and there as an AC or like a third camera unit like you know like just like <laughs> they whatever just create I a camera unit for you just to <laughs> yeah sympathy. just just to make me feel better about myself you know it like there was moments where i really felt like quitting and even mm-hmm. last week man yeah i said oh my god i don't really have a lot of work coming in i don't know what i'm doing maybe maybe this filmmaking thing isn't for me maybe i'll go start a tiling business i remember you saying that to me on the phone yeah i mean it, this stuff goes through my head all the time I had to remind myself though that like I think what makes successful people successful are those people that are able to get through those moments. You know? Like they love it enough, like there's enough passion in them that when they come across those roadblocks, they find a way over them. You know, and mm. and you might experience one, two, three, you might experience 50 roadblocks. But those successful people that we see, whether they're musicians, filmmakers, podcast makers, whatever it may be, they never gave up on those, you know, and they went through those tough times. You know, every actor you hear of, every famous actor, Robert Downey Jr., Sylvester Stallone, whatever, they all have these stories of like, I was living in a a single room in the basement of a shitty house and I had no money and I was eating top ramen, you know, but I landed and they did that for years and years and years and years and years. But the the difference between them and the people who didn't make it is they just kept pushing, you know. But I think that has to come from passion. Like you mm-hmm. have to have enough passion to get through that. If you love something enough, like nothing will stop you. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is a stepping stone if you if you love it enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, there's definitely times where I feel like maybe this isn't for me. But I still just like keep pushing through this. Like you like maybe tomorrow will be different. Maybe you'll land a job and then that'll land you another job. You know, you just got to keep pushing through it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's the difference. It's just resiliency. I think that's what successful people are just, just a theory. And what I've observed with successful people is they're resilient Mm -hmm. and they don't let those hurdles take them down. Mm -hmm. They might get choked up. They might slow down for a minute, but they, they find a way over it. And so being in this awkward stage of above average, but not great, I mean, I would love to be a great filmmaker. I would love to. I mean, that's why we get into this. You want to create amazing stuff that people admire and look up to. Um, and I think if you want to do that, you just got to keep pushing. So I'm in this state right now where I feel like I need to push harder than ever to get through it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, like, you know, I've already invested so much time into this mm-hmm. and I've made it to this point. Like, I don't want to give up yet. Yeah. I don't ever want to give up. Yeah. I love it too much. I know. Because you, you do. You really do look at the other alternatives. Mm-hmm. And they are in a way alternatives, but you also go and say to yourself, that can't be my alternative. I can't just go and sit there and go, tiling is something that I can have fall back on. Because if you eliminate the safety nets, you're forced to go forward sometimes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you have a easy thing where it's like, oh, I've been doing construction for like 15 years, I can easily get back into it. And as soon as that well apparently dries up or appears to have dried up for filmmaking, only if like, it's for a few months, it's easy to leave that and go to something that you know. And so 
Yeah. Security will gobble you up. A hundred percent. You know, and it's like one of those things I'd be afraid of. Like, let's say I did start a tiling business. It's something I'm I'm good at. Mm -hmm. I I learned from my dad. He has a construction business and he always put me on tiling jobs. And Mm -hmm. like, I feel like I could go out there and have a secure, a little bit more of a secure life than I have right now. I'm afraid that if I do that, I'll be like, okay, like I've got a little bit more money than I've had before. Like, I'll just do this for one more year and keep making money. And then I'll get back into filmmaking and then I'll get trapped into security. I think as an artist, you got to be able to risk, risk security and comfort. You got to let go of that for a long time. Once you, once you make it past it though, you could have those things, but like, I mean right now and for the past seven, eight years, I mean, since I lived in Jackson and then moved here to Salt Lake, like there hasn't been a huge level of comfort and security mm-hmm. financially. Yeah. You know, like your feast or famine and you got to be okay with that. Um, I think it's just part of the game. You, you hear yeah. it's like a cliche, the starving artist, mm-hmm. but it's a real thing. Totally. You know, you sit there and you go like, what is that mindset when you're like, I just got to charge, 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 charge. And there's this idea that like, by you having this mentality of like, I need to bust through everything. Is that even the right one? You know, is it okay to just be in those everyday moments and live each day knowing that, again, you're gradually getting there? You know, a tortoise in the hare. Do I need to sprint somewhere to get to that thing? Or can I just gradually make my way? Instead of it taking one day to do it, can I stretch it over five days and be satisfied with that outcome? Mm-hmm. Right? I think you got to be patient. You know, like I think you got to so learn to be patient. Everybody <laughs> wants to be. You know, and you meet these people, you see you see these anomalies that are successful right off the bat. They mm. put out one video, they're 20 years old and they're already directing and DPing like big commercials. So you can't compare yourself to that, to those people. I think where I'm at right now is like a lot of what I'm, a lot of my decisions right now are, are driven off of necessity. Like I need to get better at my craft if I want to feed myself, you know, like right now, like last night and the night before I just started going around Salt Lake city and getting random shots on my film camera and on the digital camera, mm-hmm. video camera. Um, How do you get motivated to even get out the door? That is, I think, the hardest part. We were just talking about snowboarding earlier. Mm-hmm. And it's like, cool, yeah, we love going down the hill. When you get those turns and the powder, it's mm. so much fun. Yeah. But there is something about even leaving that front door that is sometimes the hardest thing to do. Yeah. How do you, how'd you get even motivated to leave to go shoot that kind of stuff? Cause I just know I'll be really disappointed in myself if I don't. Mm. And, I, and my, my least favorite thing to do is to come up with an idea and never act on it mm. and talk about it, yeah. but never act on it. And now I'm getting better at this point in my life of not even talking about it to anybody and just going and doing it. Yeah. You know, setting expectations for yourself yeah. and other people I, being I think, like, yeah, I got this big project. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And all of a sudden yeah. they're like, Hey, did you do that? As soon as you start opening your mouth, yeah. You're setting expectations oh, yeah. and, and other people start to expect things from me. Like, Oh, are you going out there and shooting that? <laughs> you know, but if I don't say anything, uh-huh. eh, I don't have to go out and do it, mm-hmm. you know, and no one's going to care. No one's going to know, right. but there's something beautiful about like doing something when nobody knows, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so like the past couple nights going out and getting these shots, it's like, there's no expectations. There's no pressure. Maybe I walk out the door and I don't get anything. I'm giving myself a short window. I'm trying to capture these blue hour kind of mm-hmm. weird shots, but um, maybe I go out and I don't get anything, but at least I, I went out there and I tried and like, I can still come back home and f- 
feel good because like if I go out and fail, I'll know not to go back to that spot again. I know not to go shoot at that hour again. I know not to use those settings again. I can go back out the next day mm-hmm. and try to get something, you know, and I can like refine my craft by doing this. And then when I'm actually on a, a paid gig, mm-hmm. I'll be like, I know what to do now. Yeah. I spent some time practicing, yeah. you know, just going out there and shooting. Every, I've, my goal is to come back with like one good shot a night. <coughs> Something, Mm -hmm. you know, I love, I love that. What does a good shot constitute? Well, it depends, I think, on what you're looking for. I mean, for this, is it like social media worthy? Is that what you mean by like good shot? Or is it like one that you can actually sit there and go like, I'm going to save this on my hard drive for like, this is what I want forever to always look back on. Maybe you use it for, as B-roll for another project. Maybe you use it in your demo reel. Maybe, maybe you just come home and you upload the media and you put it in the premiere and you look at it. You play. You, you turn on Spotify. You turn on music. Turn on music that is fitting to that vibe. Mm. And you just replay that shot over and over and over. And it <laughs> takes you somewhere. Yeah. Like maybe that's a successful shot. Mm-hmm. And and the past couple of nights, I've gotten a couple of those. Where I can just put on a song and I play that shot over and over again. I'm like, okay, that works. That works. I'm gonna continue to do more of something like that. Or that did not work <laughs> i thought it was cool but it didn't work i'm not probably going to waste my time in in my hard drive space doing something like that again yeah so you're refining your craft so hopefully on my next job when i'm actually getting paid to go out and shoot i have a lot more confidence going into it mm-hmm. you know it's it's all the hard work i think that people don't know about yeah that makes the difference yeah you know, and that's a tale as old as time, right? Yeah. No one ever sees that. It's like you said, it's ten years for the overnight success, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, yeah, you're right, man. Because it's it, it's the thing that I tried to get out of my mindset is stop looking at what everyone else is putting out and just do it for you. And if you're motivated, then would you tell me years ago, like a like a racehorse, put the blinders on? Oh yeah, yeah, I got that from. Uh, the defiant ones. Yeah, that's right. Jimmy Iovine mm-hmm. said you're going to hear things from all sides. Yeah, people telling you to do this, people telling you to don't do don't do that. At some point, you just got to put your blinders on, like a like a racehorse. Mm-hmm. If they if they're looking at the horse to the right of them, and they're looking to the horse to the left of them, they're going to worry about what those horses are doing. Mm-hmm. But if they can't see them, they'll just run straight forward. Yeah, and sometimes you got to do that. Yeah, you know, and that's what's difficult, I think, as an artist, especially right now with social media is basically we don't have those blinders on at all mm. and we're getting we're seeing horses from every angle mm-hmm. and we're seeing how fast they're running or how beautifully they're running <clears throat> i mean i got i was on a seven or eight eight month hiatus man i think it was longer than that i think i got off of instagram in march or f- april fact checker do we have something like that no it's like not. april or something like that yeah because i was getting i was going down that and, and ironically i just started my instagram up out of necessity five days ago necessity huh yeah i mean i, I i'm like damn dude I, maybe i could use this as a marketing tool with 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 discipline you know i can um i can have this but i gotta mm. be really disciplined about it but i was falling into that thing of like seeing what everybody else was doing becoming really self-conscious of my own work I would post something that I was really proud of and it wouldn't do very well. And then suddenly I found myself hating that very thing that I was once very proud of. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew the work that went into getting that shot and I was trying new things. I think what it was doing was limiting me from getting out of my comfort zone. 
if I stayed in the comfort in my comfort zone, I know that I would get a lot of likes. Mm-hmm. If I was doing motocross films and posting frames of anything with a motorcycle, people just loved it. And yeah. I, I wanted to get out of that. Yeah. <clears throat> I started messing around with film photography, trying to mess with lighting and really push myself in that way. And I was starting to do that. <clears throat> and I was working every day, like getting sh- 35 millimeter film shots mm-hmm. and, and trying this really trippy lighting. Maybe the pendulum was swinging a little too far one way, you know, but like, <laughs> but I was trying to find those boundaries a little bit, but I, I, I posted a photo that I was really proud of and it did horribly. Yeah. And then I, and then, <clears throat> yeah, I went from being proud to like despising that photo. I couldn't even look at it because I'd only got like 115 likes, you know? Yeah. I thought it was, I would post it and people would love it. Yeah. But, and it's not that people didn't, it's not that it was a bad photo, but it's not what people expected from me mm-hmm. with, with Instagram, with social media, <laughs> you can fall into this loop where you post something and it does successful. Mm-hmm. People like it. Mm-hmm. And so you suddenly become conditioned to post those kinds of photos because you get a great reward out of it. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you're, you're trapped. You're only doing those kind of photos. You're not getting out of your comfort zone. Stay in your lane. Staying in your lane because you're being um, oh, rewarded for that, mm. you know, through likes and comments. And if you're trying to like break through, it's a tough thing. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to do something different, you know, I wanted I wanted to get out of my lane. Mm. I really wanted to get out of my lane. Yeah. And so I think the only way to do that was to get off mm-hmm. for a little for a little while and focus on my craft without doing it for other people or for comments or likes or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And just get as weird as I want with no consequence. Only people who were seeing a lot of these film photos I was taking was myself. Mm-hmm. And if I got cool photos of my friends, I would send it to them via text message mm-hmm. or email, you know? And, like, that was enough for me. Yeah. And it was beautiful. I feel like I learned a lot. Hmm. So what is the new approach going forward? I'm trying to figure that out, man. <laughs> <laughs> so just fired her back up and oh, trying to man. figure out what that's going to be. It huh? sounds so lame. And I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. Like work is scarce right now, mm. and I think this is a theory of mine. I think the reality that we're living in is if you're not present on social media, you are taking a risk of becoming invisible. Mm. If I'm if I post a story, and I did this last night on purpose, I posted a story of my camera gear packed into a bag. I wanted people to know that I'm going out and shooting, right? That way, like someone sees on a story. A week later, someone's like, oh, we have this film job. Like, I could be fresh on their mind maybe. Like, oh, Dylan Wineland is out there shooting stuff. Like, he's a filmmaker. Yeah. You know, and if I'm not on there, am I I a filmmaker? Sure, I am. But, like, not to other people. Mm. So, it's out of fear right now. Mm -hmm. It's out of necessity. It's out of scarcity. Scarcity leads to fear, and fear leads you to do things you otherwise wouldn't that maybe Mm. even go against your values and right now as a filmmaker i'm in a very odd time Mm. where it's like i don't know what my next job's gonna be and i gotta feed myself and i gotta pay rent Mm. i gotta fire this fucking thing back up you've got two mouths to feed you and phil yeah (laughs) (laughs) i got two mouths to feed right now phil if you're listening to this go buy your own goddamn groceries (laughs) i love you man we're out of coffee phil (laughs) yeah it is is phil's turn to buy coffee god damn it you know i'm I'm not making just one cup of coffee on the way for myself i'm making two two yeah so 
Yeah, it's out of fear, man. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be vulnerable yeah. right now and just say that I'm scared. Yeah. And I had to get back on Instagram because I'm scared. Yeah. And I need people to know that I'm out there actually working. Yeah. Or, or make people think that I'm working. Yeah. You know, it's the world we live in. It's like, do you want to play this game? Yeah. I'm going to try it out. Yeah. I'm going to try it out. And then in a couple months, if I feel like my life hasn't changed or I haven't gotten work from it. Yeah. Fuck Instagram. I'm getting off. Yeah, yeah. It does me no good. Right. You know, I, at least I don't think it does. Maybe it does get me jobs. Yeah. That's what I'm testing right now. Yeah. I feel like if something makes you get off of it for eight months, I feel like it's more of like toward trending towards like the negative. Uh, that, that's just, that's no, my theory. No. You know, if it's yeah. something that's like, I need to really get off of this thing for like a long time, it's like, well, you can come back to it and really try and re reorient, you know, but yeah. it's just one of those things where you kind of know the answer sometimes. And like you said, give it some time figure out this new approach and again if a couple months go by nothing has changed then it is time to move on to something else and yeah, it is time gotta, to move into this different medium i gotta figure something else out yeah. if i'm not getting anything off of instagram as mm-hmm. a marketing tool it's going mm-hmm. i'm not getting back on because mm-hmm. i don't care no but right now I'm, I'm acting out of fear i gotta i gotta get work and yeah. if i if i make my presence online show people hey man i'm shooting videos and photos look at me look at me i'm still i still exist guys yeah, yeah. don't forget about me <laughs> don't forget about you know me. maybe i'll get some jobs maybe i won't i don't know man yeah just love me just love me please you didn't go to school for filmmaking correct no no where where what did you go for business marketing business marketing couldn't tell you a goddamn thing about it. <laughs> well, that, that, the reason here I am trying to learn how to market myself. I only yeah, spent yeah. four years in the university <laughs> trying to go marketing. to marketing, and I don't even know how to market myself. Exactly. Like, goddamn. Oh, you left something that you went to school for because there was an attraction towards this medium. I think mm-hmm. a natural attraction that everyone has. Everyone wants to take a photo or a video, and everyone loves to put things together and see it played with music. You know, mm-hmm. and. I'm just fascinated the fact that like, you know, we both come from our different worlds. Like I wanted to do other stuff when I was a kid and then all of a sudden I found this being the most freeing, but it's also the most volatile sometimes when you're mm-hmm. just like trying to make it and trying to do it your own way because you don't want to work for someone else. You want to do your own thing, mm-hmm. but that's going to come with a lot of consequences. You know, I, I, I saw a quote. Um, read a quote God. or saw a quote? Oh, I, I saw it on a video. Oh, this guy who was this amazing <clears throat> stop motion animator. He did a lot of work for star Wars, with mm-hmm. George Lucas and stuff. Great vice piece. If you, <clears throat> if you get a chance, yeah, definitely watch it. One, oh, one second. Do you guys have any more? Do you guys have any of those ones get, that you're get saying? Get this guy a press. Oh, yeah, the presses would be great. Just drink a watermelon and kiwi. Truly. Um, <laughs> any seltzer companies out there, I'm looking for a sponsor for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Oh, seeing you drinking your coffee over there. Oh, pre-cracked. Stop I need. It. Are you like me, where you have like an oral fixation, like you need to be drinking something? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like I think because this is the first ever episode of this podcast. One nervous. Mm-hmm. Two, just like. Definitely. Yeah, I think I just needed something. I think I'll always have something to sip on for sure, whether that's coffee, whether it's uh, some sort of beverage. Like, I'll have something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because it's like you're sitting here, you're having a conversation. Yeah. I don't want it to just be a vanilla fucking interview. <laughs> no. Uh, but so sorry, go ahead. Keep going. What were you saying? Um quote on the Vice. Watch the video on that Vice did on this stop motion anime. I can't remember the guy's name. Mm-hmm. If you're interested, look it up. Type in Vice stop motion animator. 
and it'll pop up. But at the end of it, he was he was talking about the struggle as an artist, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think I think this will resonate with you a lot. I found I found the quote, mm-hmm. and this this rings so true. I think for any artist or anybody passionate about anything, sport, yeah. whatever you're into. But I love this, um, Sam. Just don't get my my right my bad side. Yeah. Make sure you don't get that tube body. I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a front profile guy only. <laughs> Side profiles aren't the thing. <laughs> Everything just kind of morphs together. Everybody everybody feels so weird when they see when you see a photo of your profile. You're like, oh, Ooh. dude. Because when you look in the mirror, this is a this is a, a crazy weird stupid thought I had the other day. Uh-huh. When you look into a mirror, uh-huh. which you do almost every day when you're brushing your teeth, whatever it may be, yeah. you're looking at yourself flipped. Yeah. Right. So when you watch a video that someone took of you or see a photo that somebody took of you, you're looking at yourself the, the correct way how other people see you, but not right. how you see yourself in the mirror. So it always looks so weird. You're like, what? Yeah. I, I'm used to seeing my hair go that way yeah. in the mirror, but and when someone takes a photo of me, it's going that way. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's super <laughs> it's weird. So true, man. And then you never see your profile. You can't really see your profile in the mm-hmm. mirror. You can kind of go like this, but when someone gets a profile photo of you, you're like, whoa. You're yeah. just seeing yourself from a, a different way. Oh, 100%. And it trips you out. You're like, that's what I look like? Yeah. Well, it's also the reason why you know how to stand or what your smile like profile is going to look like. Like when we took our photos I showed you yesterday, that smile has been slowly crafted over years because you've done the smile where you're like, that is terrible. Yeah, you craft That will smile. never exist online. <laughs> and then you, all of a sudden you come to what you saw yesterday and you're like, cool, it's a half smile. Yeah. Like, that's fine. Yeah. And that's where I'm going to go because but it, too much, you're just like, wow, that guy's really yeah. cheesing. I went, from a, I went from an open mouth show teeth smile oh so now i kind of just do this like let me see it oh just the this is kind of smirk you don't even show teeth no you know it's not that i'm ashamed of my teeth <laughs> fabulous teeth. i hate when people don't smile like it's like this thing where it's just like so serious let's take this photo <laughs> yeah it's, it's so ridiculous <laughs> but it's weird how you do craft your smile yeah and you craft how you stand too you like, craft everything i get my right i get my arms on my hips and i kind of push my belly out mm-hmm. and I'm just like i don't know what that move <laughs> is but it is it's so lame it makes your body look incredibly tubular Tubular, yeah yeah, yeah. you really see like <laughs> all the fixings inside the tube it's yeah. not a good look no but it's like a gonna, sausage casing you're gonna work on it your yeah. craft is gonna get better it's gonna get better you know, yeah. just like filmmaking. Exactly. But it's going to be how you, how you posture yourself to yep. make yourself look less tubular. Suck in, stand up straight, uh-huh. sculpt. Yep. Sculpt. Sculpt. You might want to buy uh, a jacket that broadens your shoulders a little yeah, bit. Yeah. That's I'm what just I'm saying. thinking. I'm just Things saying. that hide the shoulders, not doing me any favors. No. Me wearing a tank top like I did in that oh. photo, probably not helping too much. Not helping. It's not. No. That's actually showing more of the tube. Mm-hmm. Got to get rid of the tube. Yeah. You either need to start hitting the gym or you got to change your attire. I'm going to the gym and I do change my attire. I apologize. Yeah. I know you're doing your best. Thank but, you. You know. All right. Back to this quote. Though. Passion. 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 And this quote just really resonated with me, man. Yeah. And I think it will resonate with a lot of other people who are the, the millions listening to this. <laughs> um, Highest first episode rating of all time. Exactly. Passion has little to do with euphoria and everything to do with patience. It's not about feeling good. It's about endurance. Like patience, passion comes from the same Latin root, pati. It does not mean to flow with exuberance. It means to suffer. Hmm. Right? How yeah. often do you feel like you're, you're fucking suffering mm-hmm. over your passion? Yeah. It's not. Hardly do I feel good. No. I'm, if I'm on a shoot, I'm dying. I'm yeah. stressed. 
I'm pulling my hair out trying to find the best composition, the best shot, something that tells the story. Like it is hard, hard work. And yeah. I'm more exhausted after a day of shooting than anything. Yeah. Like it's exhausting mentally. Yeah. And physically sometimes. Yeah. Depending on what, what but mentally but it's like, almost ten oh it's my almost God, dude. It's so gnarly. Yeah. Where was I going with this? It's like going back to what I was saying earlier, it's like if you're passionate enough, you will push through it. Because yeah. your passion is about suffering. Mm-hmm. You love something enough that you're willing to suffer for mm-hmm. it to maybe get an end result that you're proud of. You know? Like maybe you get a cool comment or maybe somebody resonates with your work once in a while and it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And you will suffer day in and day out sometimes to get that. Mm-hmm. That's passion. Yeah. Like if you want to be a filmmaker, if anybody's listening to this, that's like getting into it. Like you are going to fucking suffer for a long time. You're going to starve for a long time. I've been in this for a relatively long time for me. You know, I'm 28 and I've been trying to do this for seven years now, really since I was 21 when I moved to where I was 22 and I moved to Jackson, you know, and got an internship at a production company. And here I am seven, six, seven years later, and I'm still starving sometimes, you know, and you think you get through over this hurdle. Last year at this time, I was in a much opposite situation. I was overwhelmed with work. I was saying no to a lot of jobs, you know, and not to toot my own horn, but I was doing really cool shit that I was proud of and I was making good money on. And you think because you're doing that, that you've crossed this hurdle and everything's just going to flow after that. Like, oh, the job's going to come in. Uh, maybe it's the pandemic or maybe it's just the nature of the industry. And I got lazy and I, I just assumed, I started assuming that I was just going to keep getting jobs. Maybe it was just luck that I was getting that. Meeting the right person at the right time, getting an opportunity. They needed someone. I was really busy last year and now this year I'm starving. Mm. You know, granted, we are going through a global pandemic and a lot of things have shut down, but I'm not going to blame it on that. Mm. I think it's I think a lot of it has to do with the nature of of the industry. So never assume that just because you've done a few cool things or you got a few cool jobs or you did a few cool videos that everything's just going to be downhill from there or like easy, Mm. you know, goddamn, you like never you can never stop working harder. And that's something I'm coming to terms with. You know, I thought, for example, like a staff pick, right? That's something I was really proud of. Yeah. It's not a big deal. It's yeah. really not. But I no. thought, oh Your poster up in your room that has yeah. the staff pick yeah. emblem on it. It's not well, a Well, that's deal. a yeah, reminder yeah. of, okay, <laughs> Dill, you could still do this, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a staff pick one day. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, like that was an even example. Where I was like, you're so naive. I was so naive at that point where it's like, if you, if someone's getting a staff pick on Vimeo, which is like the most niche website to begin with, mm. right? That I want to get a lot of jobs. I got nothing from that. Mm-hmm. I, got, I got a badge on a video. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. It didn't feed me. Yeah. You know, and uh, I got to do some cool shoots last year. Mm. But here I am today. I think I'm hungrier than I've ever been. Mm. And I think my craft is better than it's ever been. Physically and mentally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel things are going. You're just hungry. Good. I'm yeah. just, I'm just really hungry. Yeah. You know, I could always eat more. <laughs> Greedy. Yeah. Going back to the the glory days. The glory bowl days Literally in Jacksonville. The Hall, glory bowl right? days. Yep. <laughs> like you know, you and I are both into backcountry snowboarding or mountain biking, for example. Yeah. And it's the strangest thing because I still go out and I 
I do it all the time. You go out and you do it all the time and you forget. Mm-hmm. You like naturally forget how fucking exhausting it is to get to the top of that mountain mm-hmm. because the reward when you get to the top and you get to go down is so high, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, that was the best. I immediately forget about how out of breath I was on the way up, mm-hmm. you know? And so then the next day comes around you're like, I want to go do that ride again. Mm-hmm. And you're going up the hill. You're like, what the hell was I thinking? Why am I doing this? I'm exhausted. This is so tiring. You get to the top. All right. I feel pretty good. You drop in, you have an epic run. Mm-hmm. The next day you go out and do it again. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of naturally forget the exhaustion and the hard work it takes to get up there. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know if that's like designed in our brains for a certain purpose. I feel like I'm about to talk out my ass here, but I feel like the happiness factor should supersede the negative factor in life, right? Like I hope so. that thing where when I think about some of the best days I've had in Jackson, it, it it always supersedes the worst days I've had in Jackson. You know what I mean? Like I like if I know I had a shitty day on the mountain, I can't even remember what those days were. I just remember it was probably icy and shitty. Yeah. But I remember sometimes those turns going down the run first tracks with Woody and him falling in front of me and then me clipping him. Or maybe it was the other way around. It doesn't matter. But you know what I mean? Like, I remember that. And I remember how deep the powder was when we had an entire run to ourselves before the rest of the, the masses came. But I don't remember that day that was just like, eh, it's kind of bulletproof. Let's get out of here. And so I think that that is the same mindset for when you do have that spectacular sensation of getting the staff pick. It fuels you to go make two more dirt bike films and or projects and just, you know, again, the suffering may happen. The end result might not be the same, but as long as you revert back to that one thing that you made that you were very proud of for yourself, that's the thing I think should be continually chased, you know? grab a hold of that mindset and keep going and striving for that mm-hmm. because you will supersede that at some point, but that's the net, that's the new bar, right? That's the new bar you set your set for yourself. And again, it kind of comes back to like, if you don't hit that bar, you can feel down about yourself. But again, it's still, was it a good powder day? Was it a, not a good day? And those are going to happen within getting to that next new level. And you, you throw your spears at it, you miss eventually you hit it. And then you've just raised it a little mm-hmm. bit more. And that's kind of, I guess, how I'm, I'm trying to think of it, too, you know, is that I've got successes in the industry and other things I've done. And so I just try to hold on to those because if I start to dwell on the negative ones that I've made throughout my time, it just doesn't do anything. It doesn't benefit me. See, that's why I've got the poster of staff yeah. pick in my room. Yeah. So I can just have that subtle reminder. That one. <laughs> like I did something. The subtle reminder, like the... Yeah. Four foot by three foot, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you need a big reminder. Sometimes you need a big reminder. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, like even relating it to snowboarding, if you go out into the backcountry, you don't know if it you, – you're, there's no guarantee that you're going to go have a good day. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to have a day at all if you don't go out. Yeah. You know, so you got to go out there in yeah. order to find out. And maybe it's shit, Yeah. but maybe it's incredible. And I think going back to that question you had before of like what motivates you to get out the door to go shoot something – Maybe I get something spectacular that I learn a lot from, and it's a beautiful mm. shot. Maybe I don't, but I don't know unless I go out there, mm. you know? And every time you don't go out there, you're going to just be left wondering what it would have been like. Yeah. You know, and that's a horrible feeling. Yeah. And I, again, I think that these constant these constant splits in your tree of your evolution, right, is why did you zig when you could have zagged? Mm. Why did you go left when you could have gone right? 
those are always going to be constant things that can be thought about and can be dwelled upon. But ultimately, it's like when you make that choice, it's like sticking to it because it's like, okay, this is my gut and I'm going to go forward with it. And this is where I want to go. And that then branches off again. And enough branches happen that you kind of forget that that was something. Yeah. You know, you just go, okay, like that was a point in time that was very important and integral to where I am now. But enough things have happened that I feel better about. And I'm reinforcing every day why I made that decision. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. I think that's important as to why I look at leaving my house, what, I'm, I'm 30, 12 years ago leaving the house early in the morning so my mom i couldn't watch my mom cry like that was a tough thing because i didn't want it was the first time sons leaving the nest and i wanted to leave for a, a multitude of reasons but that in itself is why i sit here in front of you today right that's that mm-hmm. branching off point mm-hmm. for me a very big branching off point and i come back to it occasionally it is a very foundational element as to who i am now but so many other branches have occurred in my life as to where I am and who I am as a person now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really a, always a fascinating thing to kind of delve back into where all that splits. You know, it's like you went to school for something and you left doing something completely different. Yeah. Now here you are sitting in Salt Lake City, you know, working with red camera systems and, and doing things in a cool way mm-hmm. or, or shooting on film and just making artistic projects. But again, you went to school for something else and then that deviated. Yeah. And before that, there's probably hopes of becoming a professional motocross bike mm-hmm. or racer. And then just, you know, all, all of those things can tie back to these days where you're just like, I never expected this to ever be the outcome, uh, but here we are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that point. And <clears throat> something I try to remind myself of all the time, if I am feeling kind of down about where I'm at, you know, compare yourself to yourself from five years ago mm. you know think about like that puts things in the perspective i think with what you're doing and like and you need any little boost you can get sometimes you know and if i think back to myself five six years ago i was moved in with you living in um the tiniest room in the basement of a town home <laughs> with no windows four concrete walls between a litter box and a, a litter box and a, and a <laughs> dryer that didn't have a fucking vent went outside so every time anybody dried their laundry it was a goddamn rainforest in my room you know i remember giving jack my one of my motocross helmets for rent because i had no money yep i remember you know that. i remember never I, it was so cool the idea of shooting on a red camera i couldn't mm. have imagined shooting if i shot mm. on a red camera all my shit's gonna look amazing yeah oh my god um i never could have dreamed of it you know mm. so even when i'm down sometimes now like oh, I don't have a lot of work going on. What am I gonna do? Kind of thing. I gotta look. I've been in way, way worse situations. I've been in much deeper pits before. And if someone were to have told me six years ago when I first moved to Jackson that I would be where I'm at now and having done some of the cool things that you know you and I've done together, I've done with the, like the Wizard Crew, all that stuff, I'd been like, no way, no way. Yeah. You, you you're telling me I, I went to different countries and I was shooting on a red camera. On prime lenses? On movie gimbal systems? You know, I would have been like, no way. Like, that is so cool. Future Dylan, fuck yeah, you're doing it. <laughs> you know, but like, present Dylan is kind of like, mm-hmm. 
oh, fuck enough to carry a red camera around. This shot's not going to look good unless I light it. And I need I need X, Y, and Z. You know, and you get down about that. And you're like, I don't have much money right now. And I'm doing kind of jobs that aren't really cool. You know, mm-hmm. but tell, tell Dylan seven years ago what he's doing now. And he would have been proud, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like a subtle reminder of what you have to do sometimes. Absolutely. Think about yourself. Think about when you left home. You know, if someone would have told you, Matt, you've been around the world, you've been to Africa, you've hiked mountains you never would have dreamed before, you've worked with, with, um, veterans and helped the, their lives, you've helped people's lives. Mm. Like the think about the things you've been able to do because you love a camera. Yeah. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Go back right now and tell Matt twelve <laughs> years ago what Matt has done and where he's at today. You're my checks and balances, man. And you tell me this stuff and like, just like I tell you that. And it's like, you need that because we forget about it. Yeah. We constantly forget about it. And it's like, yeah, you need those other people. And not to like boost yourself up, not to boost your stroke no, ego. No, it's, it is. It's just you to, stroke your fucking ego. Okay, I'll Do stroke. It. Yeah, stroke my ego. I'm fine with Nothing that. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> Be humble, but stroke the fucking ego. Stroke the damn ego. Sometimes you got to. Yeah. I agree. I Self-esteem think. is important. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. don't have any of it, good luck. There's a difference between having your ego be f- be filled up to create what you just got done saying mm-hmm. and there's something to be said about being cocky in mm-hmm. the world of whatever it is you do too you know what i mean i think that that's the fine line that we both try to avoid is like not to be cocky mm-hmm. we find ourselves sometimes slip into it you feel like you're kind of hot shit because your film's going to be the premiere thing at the festival or whatever it is and you're like yeah i'm with this crew like yeah that's awesome i did this i worked on this but that's so short lived because mm-hmm. it fades. It goes, th- that thing becomes that. a thing of the past. And sometimes, sometimes they linger for a long time, you know, but I guess the point I'm making is that like, yeah, like you said, building that self esteem is the thing that carries that confidence into the next thing you do. Yeah. You got to keep grinding. I think. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. I think as long as, as long as you know, you're doing your best, you know, I mean, I've been on shoots where I've been lazy about something. I'm just oh. like, whatever. I think this looks good enough. Mm-hmm. God, that will eat you alive. You'll mm-hmm. go back and you'll watch and you're like, why did I not just put a little bit more effort into it? Yeah. I, I, like, for example, I was on a shoot this last week and they put two outside interviews on me. You know, I didn't expect to shoot outside interviews. I got, I rented lights for indoor interviews mm-hmm. and two out of the three interviews were outside. And I was like... Oh my God, like this is not what I expected. Yeah. Uh, harsh light, hot, hot light. And, um, hot route, hot route. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hot route, dude. We'll but I'm that. not disappointed in the sense, like, I know for a fact that I did my absolute best mm. based off of my knowledge and experience that I have up to this point that I could not have done better. Mm. Now, you could have gotten somebody with a lot more experience and knowledge, and they probably could have made those interview frames make mine look very amateur Mm. but i can't be disappointed because i left that shoot knowing that i put in everything that i have all the knowledge and experience and effort and energy that i had into making those interviews look as good as possible Mm. are they anything to write home about probably not because like the elements and the limitations i was working in but i left knowing i did my best and i'm not looking back i don't feel regret you know i was able to look at the frames and post and been like you know what that's the best I, I did. I could have done. Mm. Uh, and I think that's where you get a certain sense of relaxation or comfort. 
you know, I think where anxiety comes from is knowing that you could have done better, but you didn't because mm-hmm. you're maybe a little lazy. You know, I heard, I heard a photographer the other day on this interview, like this really successful fine art photographer. And he said, and it's so cliche, but it rings so true. Um, pain is temporary, but the photograph is forever. You know, and I really like that. Like, hmm. I'll just put in the extra effort. Like maybe I'm already tired mentally, physically, and I don't want to move this light around and have to find an outlet for this one and move the neg for like, but I will endure that pain if I have to, in order to make like, to do my best. What are you referencing to be able to know that you can endure that pain? I think there's a lot of people that don't have references to understand that like by enduring that pain, there's going to be something that comes out of it. Well, I mean, like, what do you tap into that knows that, like, by enduring this pain, X, Y, or Z will happen? I, th- I think to answer your question, um, like I said, well, you're if always I answering don't, my questions. Well, so. I, <laughs> I think to try to answer your question, if I if I understood it correctly. Yeah, I know. I'm still getting used to this whole question and answer thing. Yeah, that's a yeah, weird, it's a weird thing. Yeah. Um, if I if I went out and shot in th- those interviews and I was kind of being lazy about it mm-hmm. and I was like, well, it's good enough. Like, no one's really going to notice that her face is a little hot on this side or there's not that much contrast. Like, it's kind of a funny little campaign. It's not a funny little campaign. It's about child abuse. But, like, <laughs> you know, it, it <laughs> was... A, it, that took a it turn. Was, it was a very serious campaign. But, like, there wasn't, like, this prestigious job necessarily. Yeah. You know? Um if I, but if I, if I got a little lazy and I watched it, you know, and I'm like, Ugh, it's kind of ugly. I got to live with that. And that, that eats me up. But if I can watch it, I'm like, it's not the prettiest thing mm-hmm. that anyone's ever seen in a frame, but I know it was the best that I could have done. Mm-hmm. Then I feel okay. I feel okay. So I think that feeling is kind of what fuels me. Is like when you go back into post, nothing is worse than watching something. You're like, why did even, why did even fucking roll on that, dude? Yeah, that is disgusting. That's a waste of hard drive space. Mm-hmm. Why did I do that? Why did I even think that that was cool for the moment? Or like, why did I even accept that? Yeah, you know, I'd rather have quality over quantity mm. when I bring a project into a sequence. I want almost every shot to be something I'm proud of. You know, like, that's gross. You feel gross when you watch something. And you're like, God, why did I even? entertain that yeah and i think the better thing that i should have said was it's knowing that you can't you can't fiddle around with something so long to try and make it perfect like you do at some point need to cut your losses Mm -hmm. and that can't be looked at as just giving up on an element of it you just need to know that like yeah someone else can probably do this way more perfectly than i am but i'm gonna allow her side of her face to be a little bit more hot Mm-hmm. knowing that, yeah, I could spend 20 more minutes on doing this, but I actually need to kind of get rolling for a lot of other, excuse me, reasons. Yeah. And that's what I guess maybe I was trying well, to ask. Well, right? well, exactly. You're always working within limitations. Right. It's a small project. I don't have an AC. I've got one light, mm-hmm. an RE Sky panel, and neg fill. Mm. And we would show up to these sites with one hour to prep the shot before mm-hmm. the subject got in there, and they had to get in and get out. Like, these people were busy. Mm. So I understood my limitations as far as time and gear. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with what I got based off of those limitations. Mm-hmm. If I could have had a day of scouting 
and three hours to prep this. And I had all the time in the world with the subject that we were shooting. And I had a 12 by and some floppies and a stronger light. Of course, the interview frames could have looked a lot better. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have those. I had limitations. Yeah. And I know deep down in my heart that I did the best that I could within those limitations. And mm-hmm. I can look at those frames and be like, yeah, that's fine. Because you did, you did what you could. Mm-hmm. You really spent a lot. You spent every minute you had prepping that before the person actually sat in that chair. You did everything you could. Yeah. You moved the lights around. You put an egg fill up where you, where you like. It's just like I just didn't. I know I did my best. Yeah. And I think beyond it just being a pun and my last name, it's like that's what in hindsight is. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like whoa, full circle. Oh wow, dude. man, he tied it in. It's like he was in planning hindsight. on doing this at some point in the interview. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that is actually something I was trying to figure out how to avoid ever doing and being like, so. I'm glad you said that because that's the in hindsight point of the day. I'm so glad you did it. Yeah, 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 right. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's like there's like a, a mark every interview that I do that I try to get that out. No, that's actually the, the thing I don't want to do. But for this first one, it's like that's what the reasoning is, is that it's always easy to look back and say, in hindsight, I could have mm-hmm. done yeah. this. You know, everything is that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's also the thing that we always dwell on. There is no just looking into the future and moving forward. I think the people who sit there and say, I never look at the past. I always look at the future. It's like, cool. I appreciate that. And you probably do have a big drive and success by doing something very close to it, but you're always looking at the past in some sort of way, especially in the video photo, whatever world where you have the availability to go look at old content, to go hear old content. Um, and I think it's also the thing that that's how we have to learn. How you know, else do you learn? Exactly. Than from the past. Right, 100%. And so that whole mindset is we need to accept the past in order to move forward, obviously, into mm-hmm. the future and especially through the present. Yeah. Don't dwell on the past because right. there's nothing you can do to change it. 100%. But look back and be like, that worked or that didn't work. Right. And I'm going to apply that to my future. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's the thing that like you you just sat on saying that and you were a victim of that by looking at that photo that you wound up despising and not just being okay with it because you were so excited when you took the photo and you got that first image. You're like, dude, I'm going to put this up on Instagram. Like, this is going to be so awesome. It doesn't get received well. And then all of a sudden you look at it and all of a sudden you're like, this isn't, I don't even like this photo anymore or whatever it is. But my my mind was also poisoned with like, uh, with the social media expectation. A hundred percent. I can look back now after my seven your hiatus hiatus yeah and this refreshed mindset that i have i can i can look back and be like i did my absolute best on that photo i I can be proud of it yeah even though people didn't respond to it well what if you look at something and you say you didn't do your best on that that's a slippery slope well that's when you have regret and you feel sick to your stomach about your former self yeah right it's like you separate your current self from your former self as like another individual. And you're like, you are disgusting. <laughs> you, who is this? Person? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you Why don't know? you grab another pudding pop? You <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it, it is. It, it's, it's, a, it's a slippery slope, man. And it's something that I think in, in this world of just so much second guessing with so much looking back and trying to understand who we are and, you know, why am I entering into this journey of podcasting when there's, I think there's some crazy stat out there, like one in a hundred people or one in a thousand people have a podcast. Which like it, it's something crazy. Like it's becoming my a mom very, and her best friend have a podcast. Who? My mom and her best friend. It's on Spotify. For real? Yeah. yeah. iTunes. Exactly. I mean, they did it. Yeah. But it's but, also the thing that 
if it's a medium that has been so for me it's been transformative podcasts have changed my world and mm-hmm. so much of a way that's like it's made me listen to things it's made me get inspired about the certain things or want to chase certain things and when you sit there and you go it's so accessible i should just do it there is elements where you're like eh, i don't know everyone's doing it why should i just jump in the game like i'm not going to get any like sort of you know exposure or anything like that but that's the mindset that's a slippery slope mindset to mm. be like that's it's it, toxic it's toxic man it's it's like it's the instagram effect in so many ways too where it's yeah. not necessarily people bad mouthing you or you know getting on you there's no sort of platform like that but it's easy to be discouraged about the things that you are passionate about and push them off to the side like i did for four years yeah. and that i look back and that's my in hindsight moments like what if you would have started four years ago you know what I mean? It, and it's easy to sit there and look at what could have been mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we could have been on our fifth time talking to each other and I could have been sitting here with a different mindset, but I'm not. Again, that's that branch. That's that split. And here is you're literally at the moment of me branching off again, yeah. where I've now actually done the thing that I feared so much. Yeah. And I'll be able to look back and this is the success point. This is that point of just getting to the top of the mountain and having that mindset of like, this is the powder day. Yeah. This is the powder day. This is where you started. And in five years, where could your podcast be? Yeah. Like you maybe didn't start four years ago. Like you wanted to, but you're starting now. Yeah. And in four, in four years, you're going to look back and be like, I'm so glad I started four years ago. Yeah. I'm so glad I started four years ago. hundred percent. You know, like there's ne- it's never too late. Right. It's never too late. And you can look, you can be irritated with your former self saying like, why didn't I start this a long time ago? But you to an extent like don't be mad because you're at least you're doing it now yeah you know like that's the thing yeah and who cares how many people are doing podcasts it's like you and i were having that conversation the other day where it's like maybe just one person is into it Mm. maybe somebody listens to this podcast one one of the million Mm. and they're moved by (laughs) the bullshit that's coming out of our mouths you know yeah but great you just made one person's day better or you entertain them yeah you know, and that's cool. You know, and I, and I know that one of the, it, it won't even be you that listens to this, you know, no, definitely can't even not. get you to get to the trailer. No. And so no. let alone this hour long podcast. I, I think you need to understand how <laughs> tough it is to be an elite director or DP. Exactly. And how, how, um, time, my time is so valuable. Yeah. It's so valuable. Totally, Do I have man. time to listen to myself talk? Do I have time to listen to your trailer? No, yeah. I don't. I don't. I'm trying to do cool shit. Walking into okay. this house and realizing just the chaos that ensued with mm. your life, mm-hmm. I instantly was like, "There's no time he can actually sit there and watch my trailer." Yeah. Your phone was ringing nonstop. Yeah, since I mean, I've been dude, here, ringing nonstop. Try, try to get up at nine o'clock. Yeah, hard, hard Hard's, to do. Yeah, you know, have three cups of coffee before you can even say a word. Yeah. Hard to do. Yeah, you know, make yourself a bacon, egg, and toast breakfast. Yeah. It, my life is demanding. Yeah. Especially now. Right. Yeah. I, I hope you know how lucky you are that you've gotten this time with me. And I hope all <laughs> you listeners out there know how, how valuable. How privileged my you time are to You're be so privileged. My voice. I mean, yeah. I'm on once a Vimeo staff. <laughs> <laughs> the point they're going to be there to be like, this fucking guy. <sighs> well, dude, I honestly think that we, I enjoyed this. This was the first of I hope to be many conversations, not just with other people, but with you. You're one of my closest buds. 
I love you, man, and I appreciate you even just doing this and giving me your time. That's one thing I just wanted to let you know. Ah, I really appreciate this, and I, I like I said, we've had so many. We've had too many talks to, uh, like I said, I think about them all the time, and I'm like, we need to get this mm-hmm. recorded because, again, this podcast, like I stated in the trailer, is it's not for really anybody else but me, mm-hmm. and I think that because it's for me, it's also the thing that has pushed me harder than ever to actually make it come to life mm-hmm. because I before was trying to do it for other people. No one was asking for it. I just thought I had to do it for other people, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. I had told everyone. That was that little mm-hmm. flub that I made where mm-hmm. I was like, guys, I'm making a podcast. A year later, I see those people. Hey, how's the podcast coming? Mm-hmm. And instantly, <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, well, <sighs> you know, things got s- snagged up with the artwork of the thumbnail <laughs> it's like oh shit <laughs> it was just any excuse i could make but yeah. um once i actually put myself into the mindset of like this is for you matt i was able to actually move forward yeah. it was that thing that actually unlocked the door and so getting you on here and actually making this happen sitting here right now and you giving me your time i thank you i thank you this is a milestone this is a milestone this is huge yeah this is huge. I'm, and I'm honored to be uh, your your first guest. First guest, man. Like, wow. I thought I was actually going to talk to some other people before I talked to you. and But you're still going to be episode one, like we always planned. I mean, you chose me over Jimmy Chin. Incredible. Yeah, Jimmy kept hitting I know me up. Jimmy's he was like, yeah, up, man, yeah. Can, I, can I get on the podcast? And I was like, listen, dude, like, until you actually do some sort of cool film or anything, yeah, totally. then we can talk. Why does that guy expect so much? He, I don't. Like, make something cool and then come to us. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Has Jimmy gotten a staff pick? Probably not. Has he gotten an Oscar? Sure. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. Who cares? You got a metal paperweight, dude. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> I can't. It's I, heavy. I feel like I need to like cut that out because I respect the hell out of Jimmy. I'm just kidding. Yeah, Jimmy, you're the man. <laughs> you are the man. But those are all people that I strive to have on, and mm-hmm. it's not to just ask a cookie cutter interview. Like you know, this one is an experiment with how we talked, and I think we kind of just like we actually honed it in a little bit more but i know mm-hmm. that like when we start talking about a subject mm-hmm. we instantly just go down five different avenues mm-hmm. of something similar to the subject but sometimes just not yeah and then we find ourselves back and then yeah. we go and veer off again like yeah. right now i just tried ending the podcast like what two minutes ago yeah and here, and we, here are. we are <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but, yeah man i really appreciate it and uh i appreciate it yeah i think i think we have so much to talk about all the time yeah that you know Let's do this again. Absolutely. You know, it was super fun. Right on, man. Well, thank you, brother. Thank you, Maddies. Love you, man. Love you too, bud. All right. I'd like to thank my guests today for being on the show. I'd also like to thank all of you for your continued support as we move forward into this journey. And to remind everyone, including myself, that doing anything for the love of it will ultimately bring more worth than if otherwise. I'm thankful for these moments spent, and I hope you can find a moment to be thankful for the things you value in your life and pass that on. I'll see you on the other side.